Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. Are you ready to podcast? Because I'm ready to podcast. Let's do it. All right. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. This is the low energy edition of the Two Top Podcast, I feel. I'm tired. You, I know you had tea and coffee. Had uh, some tea. I feel the caffeine working through my veins right now. But I, I also really want to take a nap. I had some raspberries before I started. That's, that's a really peaceful, peaceful image. Eating, popping raspberries. Popping Snacking. raspberries at the sunset. What more could you want in life? Anyway, Matt, we talk about p- topics, and I have one for you today. Please teach me something new today. So you know, when we get older, we will live in an o- we will work in an office, maybe, and these offices often look the same. In the past couple of years, they are the open floor plan, and the open floor plan is something that is relatively hated by everyone. No one likes the open floor plan, do they? Are we talking cubicles and? We're talking the lack of cubicles. Just oh, the lack of borders. A, just a bunch open. of desks open. Sounds like a depressing corporate America to me. Well, people like big tech companies like Google, everything in Silicon Valley, they're all doing these open plans because apparently it gives more collaboration. People are sitting next to each other. People are interacting. But actually studies have shown that there's no benefit between the two. They're both equally productive. And also there's the risks of people don't like having no noise privacy and no visual privacy in their offices. So maybe the open floor plan is not something we need in our day and age, but the open floor plan was not originally invented to be such a negative thing. The original inventor, I would say in a sense is Frank Lloyd Wright, Frank Frank Lloyd Wright, the good old Falling Waters man, he really enjoyed his open floor plan houses of very open spaces that flowed into one another that when he was asked to design, uh, oh my goodness, what's the name of the cleaning company? Uh, Johnson. Johnson and Johnson? Johnson. um... It's the Johnson company that cleans. It's not Johnson and Johnson, I think. It it was another one. Anyway, they asked him to design an office, so he created this open office. Is it S.C. Johnson? Yeah, it was S.C. Johnson. Okay. Now, the whole thing is he wanted to create this open office, so he created the first, uh, like, not the first, the first one where they were used all the time in, like, post offices in the 1800s. But he created the, like, modern-day America open floor plan office because quote boxes were fascists so you want to break out of the box you didn't and this was like around world war ii time so fascism is a no-no so offices and boxes are a no-no so he created this beautiful open floor plan house and what's sad is how can someone who created such a beautiful floor plan this open floor plan how can that idea that he did how can it be so hated nowadays and what it comes down to is you know if i draw something and i hang it on the wall and then the next person draws it it's not as good and if you keep copying a copy of something it gets worse and worse and worse. we're talking to whisper down the lane scenario exactly 
So when Frank Lloyd Wright made his, he designed the desk, the chairs, the placement of everything meticulously all down to detail. So that was the best. That was the top. And then you're saying maybe it trickled down through designers and architects over over the years. So, yeah, when people were designing it, they didn't put the care and effort into the meticulousness of making this often floor plan. So they eventually just declined and they were worse and worse and worse to instead of being you can look up pictures of it but his like there's a uh, fresh light coming through the ceiling that seemed like natural light the ceilings were tall there was like beauty in all of it but then you can look at like movies of that time you just see rows and rows of heads and it's it's not good so a little time later um herman miller comes up with the idea of cubicles in like changing the design of a space instead of just being all rectangles you kind of kind of partitioning it off partitioning but the way he did it was to partition with a flow that different sections had different things instead of all right angles kind of flowing through the space which was actually really well accepted but it also suffered from the same thing of too many copies ruin a good idea so then people were just instead of taking the idea of these cubicles that you could organize, change, and perfect like he put into so much detail, other producers just saw walls. That this style only needs walls. So they just built cubicles left and right without thinking of what it actually was that they need to build. So personally, would you want your own office or would you want to be in an open floor plan? You know, I like the idea of having a hybrid. I, I know like uh, big tech companies have the open floor plan thinking c- creativity and collaboration will be inspired by being closer to one another. But then again, like even you see it at school here with the breakout rooms, there's still sections you can go be alone. And I feel like that's key because, you know, you come up with an idea as a group, but to break out into individuals or smaller groups to work on something, I think that's where the real progress comes after a group collaborates. Well, if you think about it, like if an open floor plan is like a group project, there's moments in time in a group project that you aren't all speaking to each other. So you're all just sitting in the space and you kind of want to work privately to further something. So why and sometimes not? you can't make progress if you're if there's people around you, even yeah. though you aren't talking to them. I understand because you that. have to. There's so many distractions in an open floor plan because everything's around you. You hear everything going on. You see everything going on. Now, it's also, I mean, it's good for those higher up employers who want to keep an eye on their employees, but does it, is it worth the sacrifice? Also, another thing I saw is uh, when you don't put walls up and everybody's next to each other, disease spreads a lot easier. So com- really? companies yeah. actually, there's a study that shows there's actually a rise in sick days when it's an open floor plan because disease spreads easier from person to person. Mm. So there's health risks. Was that one of the major reasons that cubicles caught on? Because they're, that was one of the selling points I think back in the day when uh, who who came up with the uh, idea of the, of the cubicle? Herman Miller. Herman Miller. Um, Is that a sales pitch? N- not for the sick days. No, that was something I found out a little later because currently there's this now resurgence of the... The, the, the open floor plan because for a while it went open floor plan to cubicles and now it's going back to open floor plan and the reason is it's all this hipster culture of going 
against the grain. It's the anti-cubicle. Anti-corporate, even though you're still working in a corporate environment. It was first um, offices, and then it went to open floor plan, and then it was anti-open floor plan with cubicles, and then it was anti-cubicles with an open floor plan. So now we're back. So maybe in a couple of years we'll go into cubicles because that will be anti open floor plan. Like you said, it's all it's all based on trend. Like you said, it, it it's not based on productivity levels because you said it's it's roughly the same with with both plans. Yeah, it's roughly the same. Nothing really changes. So it's just a two. matter of preference and and trendiness, I guess. Right. Well, another thing is money. It's a lot True. cheaper square footage wise if you have an open floor plan because then you're not paying for rooms. To, you're not building walls. <laughs> you're not building walls and you're saving money when it comes to renting out a space. Now, when you say open floor plans, does that automatically associate putting like lounge type sections where multiple people can sit, such as couches and circular big tables and everything? Does, that can, is that a given kind of with the, with the open floor plan? That can be included, but in a sense, an open floor plan just means that all the office, there are no walls between offices. So there could be a lounge area within that space, but like that doesn't mean it can't be disconnected. It just means that the desks themselves are all within visual sight of one another. That's pretty neat. The open floor plan. I don't know what I would choose for my business. Probably the hybrid. Probably the hybrid. I mean, obviously, you want to you want to save some money. But. I understand why for both. I personally like the idea of my own office because my own space to work. Even if you're like a say a lower ranked office worker, would you still prefer to have your own office? It, I I think it's very situational. Like if it's I'm or if you were the boss, would you want the the lowest ranked people to have their own offices? Matt, you're hitting me with these hard questions right <laughs> now. I don't know. I don't know. I think I would want an open floor plan because I think collaboration is important. But I feel like when you're the higher ups, I see why you'd have your own office because why are, you're not necessarily the one collaborating all the time. But maybe there is a place for it. All I know is it's a very unlike thing in modern day office life. Nine, But the thing is 90% of offices nowadays are open floor plan. So it's probably going to stay for the next 30 years. It's just the trend. Just the trend. Well, Matt, what do you have for me this week? I have a little uh, little nutritional topic here. Um, I asked the question, what happens if we only eat meat? Go to a meat-only diet. A meat-only diet. And then I'm going to counter that with what about a vegetarian diet? Every single person, how would that affect the world as a whole? Meat only diet is a lot of protein. I don't know how much protein I can handle. No one's some point it has to be unhealthy, right? At some point it does. So I'll give you a little history here. Over two million years ago, humans first started eating meat. Before that, ancestors they typically were like you want to say hunter gatherers, but mostly it was gathering just berries, um, flowers they would eat, seeds, nuts. But then later on, when they started eating more nuts, they they began to adapt to high levels of protein. So that's where the meat came into play. So we started hunting. But what would only happen? What would happen if you only ate meat? So without fiber-rich foods, like um, can you name some? Like beans are an beans, example. Uh, beans. A lot of vegetables, vegetables, like leafy vegetables, are good and high in fiber. Like um, spinach. That saves you a lot of discomfort 
through digestion. So right. we need our fiber, obviously. So meat, you, you can't really get the fiber through meat. Now, not to mention the simplest way for your body to make energy is converting carbohydrates into glucose. So that's your typical breads, pastas. Yeah. You need them, you know. Um, you can't get the same levels of energy from meat that you can get from, say, grains. Okay, okay. I mean, they say like oatmeal is a great way to start your day because it's a slow-burning energy, whereas if you just had bacon in the morning, you'd probably be hungry. I mean, just thinking about it, if you only eat a couple pieces of bacon or if you have a whole bowl of oatmeal, what's going to get you longer through the day? Is gluten, gluten-free, gluten's only in wheat, right? Yes, gluten is a byproduct in, in wheat. Yeah. So oatmeal is gluten free. Um. Well, oatmeal, it's oats, and oats are not from wheat. I guess there could be like a, you know, I don't, I don't know too much about <laughs> what oatmeal. I mean, there's like steel cut oats type of oatmeal. I know my steel know, cut oats, which are very good. But I don't think, I don't think that's is that wheat based. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? That's something we got to hit you back with what, later. What is an oat? I think. What is an oat? Yeah, is there's I've different kinds of oats. I've never seen oat seeds. Am I am I asking too many deep questions right now? I, I'm sorry. Okay, so the oat, sometimes called the common oat, is a sp- species of cereal grain grown for its seed. So interesting. Oats, either as oatmeal or rolled oats, and it's used for livestock feed. Oats are, are its own thing. It's cool. its own crop. Well, what would happen if? We only ate meat and, and no oats. You yeah, didn't get to, what if I took the oats out of my diet? So, if that, well, I was going to say, if there was an absence of carbs in your body, um, your body would naturally have to burn fat to break down important proteins. Creating glucose from protein is known as gluconogenesis, and it occurs in the liver, creating a nitrogen waste that is converted into something called urea. Um, too much urea can lead to protein poisoning. Yes. So there's protein, protein poisoning, which eventually could cause death, obviously, uh, before that, it would cause like nausea, vomiting. It's it's too much protein can be bad for your body. Your body can't naturally handle it. Eat so much meat that you get sick. Now, here's the thing. Some people could eat a lot of meat, but just based on kind of their genes, you could eat as much lean meat as you want, and you would actually lose weight. Say uh, like the lean meat of a rabbit, which barely has any fat. You could eat and eat but you would start wasting away eventually because there's no gains on on that meat because what your body needs is more than meat. You picture meat being like the main yeah. sustenance, you know? That's weird that you could actually lose you could lose weight if you ate non-filling meat. I mean, I my diet isn't perfect and I eat a ton of meat and I guess grain. I I mean, it's I guess it's kind of balanced, but I eat plenty of cheeseburgers i like cheeseburgers a lot <laughs> there and is. i don't i don't gain weight easily at all so that i can be a prime example of that okay um also another potential killer is the lack of vitamin c vitamin c is very important can you name some foods with vitamin c oranges and your citruses citruses oh yeah um something else something else you know it's good. Apple get, juice. <laughs> I get enough vitamin C in my day to day. Um, humans are one of the few animals that are not able to synthesize the vitamin on their own. Without easy access to vitamin C, uh, fruits and veggies, uh, without the easy access from vitamin C from fruits and veggies, your body will be una- or 
yeah, your body will be unable to effectively create collagen, which is a structural protein found in your tendons, ligaments, and skin, which obviously you need. This will put you at a high risk of something called scurvy. And it scurvy. will cause you to have poor wound healing, rotting gums, and personality changes like mood swings. Scurvy. Scurvy, right? That's what the pirates That's get. That's what the pirates get. You know, you get scurvy on, on the open ocean. So, sorry. So if it's not treated, you would die from infection or bleeding. You know, you can't clot blood as fast. Scurvy, scurvy's a killer. Scurvy you know, all kills all the pirates, the poor boys. Now there is something, if you were to eat meat and that's all you could eat, the best way of doing so would be be to eat it raw because when you're eating raw meat what happens when you cook it is it it takes out most of the vitamin c um raw thick chewy collagen rich skin and blubber of whales um can give you 36 milligrams of vitamin c per 100 gram serving so that that's a lot of vitamin c that's a that's a ton of it so there is there are ways you can get vitamins from meat but it would have to be you would have to do so with, with eating it raw, almost really hard. like sushi. And like I said, that's that's from a whale. Where are you going to eat whale meat? Not that's some, meat. that's something our ancient ancestors yeah, would have done. Yeah, not you know? even whale these days. So how can you be healthy on a fatty diet without any fruits and vegetables? So you can snack on organ meat, like uh, like the liver, which which could give you plenty of vitamin A, which is vital for your eyes and bones, um, and vitamin D for your bones too. Um, oily fish rich in omega-3 fatty acids will benefit your heart and vascular system. Now, would you consider like fish to be part of that all meat diet? Yeah, I was going to assume that fish was part of it. Because you get a lot of uh, antioxidants and vitamins from fish. Yeah, fish is good. Fish oil. You, could, you know, you would be better off with fish than, say, beef. Just nonstop cow. So unless you're, you're planning on eating a raw whale blubber organ meat and have your genetics specifically tuned to not lose weight when eating meat, you really should stick to a balanced diet. You heard it here, folks. Eat your greens and eat your meat. Well, can I tell you a little bit about eating greens? Sure. I, I know people survive, though, that way. Absolutely. Plenty of people are vegetarians, but actually only it's actually a fairly low rate ranging from about four to five percent in the u.s and canada canada to a little over 30 percent in india Um, as a result there are currently um, 20 billion chickens 1.5 billion cows over a billion sheep and nearly a billion pigs in the world so that's they're pretty high numbers that's not as high as i thought there's more people than pigs yes there are more people than pigs but we keep producing in a, in a whole chain. True. So the reason I, I bring that up is because without any meat-eating humans to provide a market, whole herds of domestic animals would disappear. So those numbers would be gone. So we're doing them a favor? Well, there might be some environmental impacts True. on that. So it would free up vast quantities of land, and about 33 million square kilometers of land are used for pasture grazing land for livestock. Um, some... And that's roughly the size of Africa. Some of Jeez. it would be needed to um, increase the amount of vegetable crops, but much of the land currently used as pasture and grazing land is actually too dry to grow actual crops. So it'd be it's kind of wasted land if we didn't have the livestock. Without humans adding artificial nutrients, this land would turn into, into a desert. Um, but if properly managed, we could use it as farmland and kind of start this vegetarian economy so it kind of works out in the end because the vegetarian economy of like using up this land would be better than letting it go to waste exactly you know we would have to convert it but it would take years to do that 
So to make a, a sudden shift would be very, very difficult. Um, another interesting fact, um, the loss of CO2 absorbing trees cleared for agriculture is one of the reasons why global levels of CO2, CO2 are going up. Because Mickey D's needs too many cheeseburgers, that's why. <laughs> exactly. Cows and other grazers also affect our climate through large amounts of methane production, um, which has 25 times more potential planet warming power than CO2. Combined with the loss of forests and other effects, livestock production is responsible for about 15% of global greenhouse gas emissions. You're saying the very scientific terms for pretty much cow farts are destroying cow our atmosphere. Cow farts are destroying the atmosphere. So if we got rid of the much of the livestock on, on this planet, honestly, maybe we wouldn't see as much climate change. Hey, well, that's <laughs> something at least. Which is crazy because I guess that, that has a huge effect on the environment. I didn't know, I didn't it know had, methane. Yeah, I didn't know it cow had farts. that big of an impact, but I, it's definitely an impact nonetheless. A vegetarian diet would also greatly reduce water consumption. Really? Yes. Around 70% of global freshwater consumption is used Consumption is used in agriculture. That is uh, livestock agriculture. Oh, I thought you mean you would have to drink less water. I think humans still need the same amount. Same amount of water. It would be the same. But you don't need to give cows water if cows aren't being nonstop bred. Yes. Here's some numbers for you. It takes 15,000 liters to make a kilogram of beef, 6,000 liters for pork, 4,000 liters for chicken, Um Whereas for um, plant-based things, compare uh, 1,600 liters for cereal crops, 900 liters for fruits, and 300 liters for garden vegetables. So you're talking thousands more for, for meat. Yeah, you're saving some water there. You're saving a lot of water. That water bill's a little lower. So if we didn't have meat production, though, there would be no more byproducts of the livestock, like leather we wouldn't have anymore, animal fats, which are used in cosmetics, candles, detergents. And while vegetable-based alternatives do exist, their product, the production would need to increase, meaning more land dedicated to growing crops and less restored to its natural state. So it all would not even make a difference then in the end. Honestly, there's going to be just as many benefits and setbacks if if we were to switch to an all vegetarian diet, the more you know. Now there are the there there are the issues of morality, you know, with uh, humane treatment of animals. Right, that is you know, always a, a big whole issue. different topic, and it's all it's all personal. Um, in my opinion, I think you know I love fast food so much. <laughs> <laughs> I like cheeseburgers and. I think healthiness starts with happiness. So whatever makes you happy, that's that's what whatever make makes you, most you happy will make you the most healthy. That is correct. So that was just a quick rundown. What if we only ate meat? What if we only ate plants? And how would that affect the world? Well, I think we'd all be happier than sitting in an open floor plan. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it's all about staying happy. But I think that's it for this week. I think that's it until next week, right? Until next week, we'll see you guys then. See ya. See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two Topics.